I want you to, to go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to start here today with you. And I just want to start out by saying this. Uh, you're called to be spirit-filled people. Now, don't, me, don't make me lengthen this sermon by not having so much agreement at the start of this thing. Let's try this again. You're called to be the spirit-filled church. Yes. Say it again. I am called, I am called to, be to be the spirit-filled church. And without apology, without shame, without cowering, without pride. Can I have an amen? Uh, it's, it's come to me and it's always been important to me since the Lord you know, saved me and baptized me in the Holy Ghost years ago. And we're to be spirit uh, people and people of the Word of God. But it's come to me stronger and stronger the past several weeks that the Lord is increasing your responsibility as a church as trustees of this message. Not just recipients of it, but trustees of it. We're like those, uh, those lepers at the gate during the great famine. They sat there saying to themselves, you know, we, we go out of the camp there, they're going to kill us. If we sit here, we're going to die. If we go into the, inside the city, they're going to wipe us out because we're lepers. And they got up and they marched out. And what happened? The power of God, the army of the Lord went with them. And somehow it spooked the enemy and they were gone. And the only thing left was plunder for them. Now, they say something very, very wise. Even though they had been mistreated and been outcasts and been separated because of their disease, separated from the social systems, the religious systems, the economic systems of the day, in spite of all that discrimination based on a physical condition in their body, they, 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 knew, they knew this, we found something so good we can't keep it to ourselves. And there are a lot of reasons that people do when it comes to the ministry of the Spirit of God, the baptism and the Holy Spirit and the gifts that correspond with it. But God is, uh, God is going to deliver you from all shame. He's going to deliver you from all resistance. And you're going to flow in these things like you never have before. Can you receive that today? That's who He's called you to be. I think about, uh, you know, Todd, when um, you were building up 212 and we were in transition and I talked to uh, Pastor Mayfield, Brad Morris and here's what he said. He said, you know what's called to making a difference to me, all I care about is that there's a spirit-filled ministry on that campus reaching the students. I mean, no, it does matter. Come on, say it. It matters what you believe. So, you know, this is really twofold. It's, it's to stir you up to use the things that God has given you and then be mindful that you're just like those lepers. You found something precious. And there are a lot of spirit-filled, charismatic Pentecostals who keep this stuff to themselves. Like a leper who just struck it rich and doesn't go back and tell anybody else about it. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to tell them. You say, well, Pastor, they will receive it. There are certain religions, certain denominations, you know, they'll just tune me out. You will be amazed how many hungry hearts there are out there for the things of the Spirit. I mind saying this to you now, but several years ago, the pastor of Elm Grove came to see me. And he said, I need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> And uh, he'd been exposed to these things. He said, but I, I'm not walking this out. I, I'm not walking this out. I don't have prayer language, all kinds of things that he was hungry for. And right over there in my office, all these hands on him. You know what happened to him? God baptized him in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 
with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? Everybody say, God bless the Baptists. God is interested in blessing every organization of faith, every single denomination. This is not just for people who, who claim to, to propagate it or, or believe it in some doctrine statement. It's for all that have called upon the name of the Lord. Shout it out, it's for all of us. Say, it's for all of us. What the lepers found was for the whole camp of Israel, not just for them because they found it. Hide it over here, you know, in a, in a little bitty corner. No, we're supposed to put our light on a stand. What's the old song say you learned in, in uh, you know, in kindergarten and in vacation Bible school? Hide it under a bushel. And how did you say that word? No. 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 That's what you should be saying right now about these things. I am not going to hide these things. Uh, another Baptist pastor. I don't know what it is about me attracting Baptist pastors. Uh, came to me and he said, you know, I had these ladies come to me and they said, we know this is real. He happened to be spirit-filled. And um, he, uh, he said, these ladies came to me and they said, uh, we want to know how to receive this, but we also want to know how to share this. And he called, and we sat down, he said, I don't know what to tell them. I've received this, but I want to know how to explain this to them so that they can receive it and then also go out and tell other people. Amen. Now, what I'm telling you is I don't care what the official doctrine is. And they put John Osteen on trial years ago in Baytown, Texas, and they said, you know, well, you're into this healing stuff and into this baptism and the Holy Ghost stuff. You're supposed to be Baptist, and that's not in the Baptist handbook. And this deacon held up the Baptist handbook. You know what Brother Osteen did? He held up the Bible. He said, well, it's in this book. <laughs> and listen. Out of that transition, and, and of course, you know, they were going to toss him out, but the problem is the deacon who stirred everybody up went to a full gospel businessmen's meeting in Baytown, and he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. So when they, when they asked him, you know, well, what do you say about this? He said, I can't say anything. I have the same thing Brother Osteen has now. And shut the whole thing down. And then from the congregation, people would heckle him. About healing and about the other guys, that whole spirit stuff, you know. So finally, he just felt like he was, he was just going to have to go and do what God called him to do. And that's when they started Lakewood Church in an old feeding grain, abandoned feeding grain store off Odaco Road in Houston, Texas, with just a smattering of a few people, which grew into hundreds, which grew into thousands, and now Lakewood is the largest church in North America. You say, how did that happen? It happened through the ministry and the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the way it is all over the world. The largest church in every continent, the largest church all over the world, guess what, is a spirit-filled church. Why is that true? Because it's not for a few. You would think in, in Korea that the mainline denominations would be just like the other mainline denominations here in America, but it's not true. The, the large Methodist, the large Presbyterian church in Korea is also spirit-filled because of the influence of Dr. Cho. Look at somebody and say, it's for everybody. Come on, shout out, it's for everybody. Come on, say, it's for everybody. And I have a body. Raise your hand if you have a body. <laughs> then it's for what? Everybody. Come on, raise your hand and say, I have a body. It's for everybody. That includes me. But it's not just your body. It's not just you. It's everybody you come in contact with who's professed Christ. You're going to see this uh, 
The Holy Ghost is not going to ask permission to come into the First Methodist Church or such and such Baptist Church or even such and such Lutheran Church. Let me help you out here. In the 70s, the Spirit of God blew through Concordia Seminary, Lutheran Seminary, and he didn't ask permission. (laughs) Now, if the Holy Ghost can get into a Lutheran Seminary, he can get it anywhere. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Everybody say, God bless the Lutherans. Nothing will unite the body of Christ like the Holy Ghost. At that point in time, people will throw down their pet doctors. Don't I say doctrine, not the truth? Because doctrine is not necessarily the same thing as truth. They'll throw down that just to worship God together and reach the world. We're in for a great season as a people. And God is giving you a greater measure of responsibility in this part of the country for these precious things. Say it, I have a body. It's for everybody. Now, the modern uh, Spirit-filled church in America is new paradigm. Dr. Barkley calls them placebo churches. You know, when you're doing a test somewhere on a drug, you give somebody the real drug, another group, what, you give them sugar. Placebo means without power, without effect, without, there's no efficacy there from you know, what that thing would do. And uh, you, can, you can have the same worship that we've got. You can have lights, you can have smoke, you can have mirrors. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not going to have transformation. Are you here today? Said, I want transformation in me and in others. That precious story of 1 Samuel 10 where a reluctant king, you know, King Saul is hiding in the luggage and the Spirit of God begins to, you know, move in his life. And of course, restoration comes. He finds the animals that his father was looking for. And Samuel said, some folks are coming. You know, they're worshiping God and prophesying. And when you meet them, the Spirit of God is going to come on power on you. And you're going to be changed in what? Into a different person. Every Christian needs the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Every Christian needs to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Every Christian needs to operate in the gifts that God has given. How many of y'all got your, your book on tongues today? Tongues? Why tongues? If you didn't get one, make sure you get it before you leave today. They'll be sitting out there on that table as well. Say so why? Because God wants you to understand how powerful the gift is. Yes. Yes. Amen. Read with me here. I've given you plenty of time to turn here. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Say that, incomparably great power for us who what? So who gets this power? Who's supposed to have this power? Believers. That power is the same as the mighty strength exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Watch this. The same power available to every believer is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and also caused him to ascend on high. He went, listen to this, he went from from death, hell, and the grave to resurrection back up to the Father by the same Spirit that's in you right now. Let me try that again. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. The power is there. Say it. I've got the power. Come on, say it. I've got the power. You don't have to dance when you say that. Just say it again. Say, I've got the power. How is that power imparted? 
Acts chapter 1. If you want to turn there, I want to read a few verses from this to you. But I want you to think about this. Everybody knows in our part of the country that our power comes from where? TVA, hydroelectric. And how many understand that it, it connects to buildings like ours? And everybody say, the power staying on today. Last time my sister was here and preached on the power, the power went out. <laughs> just messing with her. What'd she do? She just kept on preaching. Probably she was more motivated when the power went off. But the power comes from there. And then it's available to our buildings and our businesses and our churches and our homes. But it originates somewhere, doesn't it? It has to be generated. Read this scripture in, uh, in uh, Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to read from uh, verse 4 to 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Say it with me, it's a, it's a command. Say it, it's a command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. Say it with me, it's a command. It's a gift. It's a promise. Does that sound like something terrible? Does that sound like it, it, it's, you know, justified that the nominations warred against something that God promised and said it was a command and a gift and a promise? Say it, it's a command. It's a gift. It's a promise. A gift from whom? The Father. I mean, how many of y'all, if your father, when you were 16 years old, drove up in a brand new car and handed you the keys? You say, no, Father, no, thank you. Well, yeah, like that's going to happen. Amen. Or your, your dad comes up to you on your birthday and says, hey, here's a $500 Visa card to go spend at the mall. No, thank you, Father. So that's why you got to be careful that you're not allowing the devil or religion to get between you and God's promises for your life. To shut them down. He goes on to say this, which if you heard me speak about, he, of course, he did this in John chapter 7. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But even by that word today, how many know he's coming soon? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want you to understand how this heavenly circuit works. Look at somebody say a heavenly circuit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the power. Plain and simple. When you're born again, the Spirit of God comes in. But that is different and subsequent from the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You are given the power when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, that's what Jesus said they needed to wait for. He said specifically, gather together and wait for what my Father has promised. And he said, why? Because you're going to receive the power at that time. Say it with me. I need the power. And we often talk about dunamis power, but think it more in terms of creative ability and the function and the ability to do everything God has called you to do. Write these three things down. It's first of all, the power to stand, which means to live this life. He never intended for you to try to live this life on your own strength. You are never going to be good enough on your own, powerful enough on your own to stand. 
You stand in him. He never designed that you were going to say no to temptation by yourself or, or follow his direction by yourself or do the ministry by yourself. Many people in this room, you're living your life, doing your jobs, doing your ministry in your strength, and it's burning you out. And yet you're spirit filled. There is power for you and for me to stand. Say it with me, to stand. To live this life. To live it the way God designed us to live it. To live it in a pure fashion, in a holy fashion. Second of all, to serve. Say serve. He never designed for you to just sit on the sidelines. It's power to serve him. Serve him in your daily life. Serve him in your ministry. Serve him where you volunteer. Again, he never designed that to be done in your power. If you are going to do the nursery, then you wipe those butts in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're sweeping the floor, you do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're preaching, do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're playing an instrument, do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're teaching a class, do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're ushering, then usher in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have this idea in our mind that those are ministries that need the power and should have the power, but over here it's not necessary. Let me tell you something. We need everybody who's serving in the body of Christ, doing so in the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. It will take us up to levels we've never been before. Say it with me. To stand. Power to stand. Power to serve. And third, power to share. He said, you will be my witnesses. Witness, of course, of somebody who's had a first-hand encounter of what God has done in their life. It's your life. I'm not talking about the game show. I'm talking about it is your life. He did it for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did he change your life? I know he saved me. I know I was sick two years solid when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. When I saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost to God the next day, I was sick no more. I know his power is real. But if we just try to do this in our own strength, we're not going to get very far. And not only that, our story without that touch of the anointing is not going to have the persuasive power it should have. Well, you think about telling your story to somebody or sharing a scripture with them or just witnessing to them about Christ. Stop and say, you know what, I don't do this in my own power. I don't do this in my own memory. I don't do this with my own abilities. I'm asking the Holy Ghost just to flow through me. Every time, you know, uh, you know, Creflo gets up to speak or Bill Winston gets up to speak, they say something like this, think through my vocal, think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords, all of you and none of me. That's not just for preachers. That's for witnesses. Say it with me. Speak through my vocal cords. Think through my mind, all of you and none of me. Holy Ghost is where the power originates. And it's hooked up to the house. Hallelujah. Say it with me. That's the power. Say it. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is the power. They say, well, I do just fine. Not a so-and-so ministry. They do just fine without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's not the point. The point is, are we going to obey, first of all, the command of Jesus? Are we going to respect the fact that it's a gift from the Father? Hmm? Are we going to say it's, a, it's also a fulfillment of a promise from Isaiah 
and Joel, amen, even the teaching of Jesus in John 7, while he was teaching before, of course, he ascended on high. And when he ascended on high, he sent back the Holy Ghost. He never wanted us to stand or serve or share in our own strength. This is the day when the devil is trying to take people out. One of the reasons he's able to do this is because we're trying to function in our own strength. God wants you to be reminded you have this great power available to you. Amen. Say it with me. I've got the power. He said, well, if I don't have the power, what do I do? You ask the Lord to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and do it today. When? Do it today. Say, well, I need a preacher. I need an apostle. I need an evangelist. No, you don't. You need Jesus. Don't ever confuse the fact that we'll lay hands on people that we're the ones giving you anything. He is the baptizer. You know what strikes me when I say that? In 1982, about midnight that night, three days before I graduated in high school, to think that thought that Jesus is the baptizer. Jesus literally laid hands on me and baptized me in the Holy Ghost. He's real. He's alive. And every time he does it, just to remind, there goes another one. That person got baptized in the Holy Ghost last week, several of them. There goes three more people, four more people, whatever it is. You know what? Praise the Lord. Jesus is real and working again. Hallelujah. Listen, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the ministry of Jesus on this earth through the person of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I want you to understand this, that uh, you'll receive power to live this life, overcome temptation, stand under pressure or persecution, whatever comes your way. Because you've got the power. Say it one more time. I have the power through the Holy Spirit. Number two, write this down. In this circuit, the baptism is the power. The love of God is the breaker. It doesn't do me any good to have TVA power come into my house if the breaker's not on. And a lot of people Wonder why they're not seeing the kind of things they want to see, not seeing the promises fulfilled, not seeing the glorification happen, not seeing the kinds of things that, that they want to see God do. It's because that breaker is switched off. It doesn't make any difference how much power is coming to your house if the breaker's been thrown. He said, Pastor, how do I throw the breaker? Come out of love. Get bitter at God or get bitter at a human being. Most people are bitter at other people. You have to ask yourself a question. You know, is it worth me sitting in the dark and none of my appliances running so I can have an offense at somebody? It doesn't matter if you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Some of the most miserable people I've ever met have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but the breaker's been thrown. Is the power still there? You better believe it is. The power is still coming to the house. The power is still there in the body. Same power raised Jesus from the dead. But the breaker has been thrown because of offense, because of bitterness, because of something that happened that upset you or hurt you. And you're willing to trade the power of God and its flow through your life to have the right to keep an offense or a judgment or be bitter. Quite frankly, I'm so over that. I'm not just talking to you. I'm doing daily inventory in my life. I do not want to throw the breaker because I won't forget. I do not want to throw the breaker because I'm bitter. I do not want to throw the breaker because somebody threw me under the bus. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter. They won't give it, they won't give it two thoughts about it. 
But here I am, powerless and weak because I have thrown the breaker. I, I don't have that thing working like it's supposed to. Look at somebody and tell them the power is still coming. But the breaker's off. And I'm not saying it's easy. You know, Bill actually put in a, 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 you know, electrical for a hot tub years ago. And, and this, one, this one breaker, every time you turn it on, guess what it do? It popped back off again. It was like World War III. I put it on, it would snap off. That's the way it feels sometimes in real life. I love them. I love them not. I love them. I love them not. I love them. I love them not. Come on, shout it out. I love them. them. Say it again. I love them. And stay in love. Be mindful. This power to stand and to serve and to share is compromised when the breaker's off. And the breaker's off because of a lack of love. Um, Brother Copeland said something that was just most outstanding. How many have heard the name Bishop Adepo? Uh, Pastors, the largest church in the continent of Africa. They're building right now an auditorium that seats 100,000 people. What God has done. And do you know that the seedbed for that were people like T.L. Osborne and Reinhard Bonnke, who would win in mass people in that nation of Nigeria? A um, hundred thousand seater cash. The bank, the money was in their bank before they even broke ground on this building. And this is what he said. He said, there are a lot of things that mark these people. Faith, confidence in God. They know how to sow and they know how to receive. They, they know how to evangelize. They know how to pray. He said, but the thing that marks that group of people the most the thing that marks them the most, he said, is their love for God and each other. Come on, say love is the breaker. You might say love is the deal breaker if we don't have it. Amen. There's a young man who's part of the ministry team there, and you can imagine how big their ministry team is with that many people. But uh, he had an uh, elbow um, joint that was completely shattered and broken and uh, so a surgeon actually put in a replacement. And then they put an artificial bone on the one side of it to graft with his bone. And the other end goes up in the arm like this. And, of course, it, it never felt right to him even after he had it. It was semi-functional, but you can imagine how painful that would be. And so he's seeking God and praising God and doing what he's supposed to do. He said the the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, you know what you have been doing for me, I'm going to do for you. He woke up the next morning and the entire implant was laying next to him in bed. This is your God, people. This is not some pretend thing. And if you know anything about these implant units, they have serial numbers on them. And those serial numbers are attached to a physician in a hospital and a patient. There's no faking that. Turn to somebody and say, that's our God. You know what he was saying? He was saying the same thing in that context. The love of God in this place. The love of God. Look at somebody and say, this church is the church that love built. Love is building. Whatever you got going on against people, get over it. I'm going to walk in there and slam the breaker off on the power of God in my life because of what somebody did or somebody said. Your best days are right ahead of you. I've got the power, amen. 
And I've got the breaker. Come on, say it. I've got the power. And I've got the breaker. I've got the Holy Ghost. And I've got love. You know, don't take my word for it. Listen to what Paul said. He said in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am what? A resounding, a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I have the gift, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may bo uh, boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Let me help you out here. The gifts and the operation of the Spirit of God do not produce effect in the absence of love. So what do I have? I believe the tongue interpretation we had today was done in the love of God. Amen. And it's edifying and it builds up the body of Christ. Did you not sense that yourself? As a child of God, in that particular case, there's power released when the tongue goes forth, but then there's power released when it's given the interpretation so we can understand it and be edified in our minds. They release power. The power that would be associated with that gift does not have effect when things are done outside of love. Whatever it is, whether it's a, a gift of the Spirit or a serving gift, a ministry gift, if it's done without love, the power that would normally be there to produce and effect change in good things in God, it doesn't happen. That's how important it is. So what am I left with? Noise. I'm left with the noise of a tongue or the noise of a prophecy or, or the noise of a sacrifice. How horrible to lay your life down for something but not do it in love. Huh? Yes, amen. Say, I've got the power and I've got the breaker. But you also have the switch. So we're, we're not in tornado time right now. We're not in ice storm. Power is hooked up to our homes and our church. The breaker, the breaker is on. Praise the Lord. Come on, say it by faith. My breaker is on. Come on, say it. My breaker is full on. I suggest some of y'all get some duct tape and just tape it shut. Amen. <laughs> but you know that that load's not going to produce power in my house. That's not going to produce a light coming on. Or a television coming on. Or a computer coming on. What do I need to do? I need to flip the switch. And listen to me, brothers and sisters. Tongues. That is the switch. I've got the power through the baptism. I'm walking in love. But I've got to turn on the switch or I'm not going to get anything. I'm not going to close that thing and get anything of a great result. And the, the list of things that I've been keeping them since I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I've come up with about 20-something things that happen when you pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I'm going to take about 10 minutes for each one of those this morning. <laughs> stay in love, stay in love. Well, you sound like you're not intimidated or ashamed of these things. You better believe I'm not ashamed of these things. This is not our problem. It is our great solution. 
Everybody in the early church was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they all spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the second generation, Ananias and, and Paul and Apollos and all them were as well. Down into recent ages in, in the ministries of John Wesley and Charles Wesley, same thing. My you know, church namesake, Luther, Luther was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. And yet today treated like some kind of aberration. No, you could, when you do get the list, and I'll give it to you eventually. Brother Hagin has a pretty good list in that little book of himself. But when you do get these, you're going to say to yourself, why would I let anybody talk this out of me? Religion, fear, opinion, denominational attitude. Why would I let anybody talk me out of all the things that happen when I flip the switch? Turn to somebody and tell them, flip the switch. Come on, say it again, flip the switch. In uh, Acts chapter 2, look at this with me. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of them? All of them and what? All of them began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now once you're enabled, you're enabled. But listen carefully. Why is that necessary? Why is it necessary for them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues? Um, see it like this. You and I have, uh, have great gifts given to us. I mean, you know, salvation is the greatest gift of all. And righteousness is a gift that he gave us. Wonderful, isn't it? The Spirit is a gift. And with that gift, if you look carefully, and we'll take some time in the coming weeks to look at that, in Acts 2, 8, 9, and 10, and 19, you'll find the same similar narrative or results when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, tongues and tongues or praising, and tongues and praising or tongues and prophecy happens in every situation. Um, you and I have all these great gifts. And just to make a clear distinction for you, what you heard and saw today, a tongue with an interpretation, is not what we're talking about. This is one of the nine manifestational gifts for the edification of the body. Your personal tongue speech or prayer language that you get when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit is primarily devotional. That's why Paul said in his correction to the Corinthians, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Now, you know, there's certain denominations that, boy, they love Paul's teachings. and we're, we're Pauline in our approach, are you? Then how come you don't speak in tongues? Because you're going to follow his example, then why don't you follow his example? If you're going to follow him as he follows Christ, then what? Follow him as he follows Christ. Amen? Say, so we don't need that today. Are you kidding me? As crazy as this world is, we need more power than ever before, more love than ever before, and we need to be flipping that switch like crazy. Yes. Come on, tell somebody, flip that switch, flip that switch. like crazy. Well, Pastor, that's what y'all sound like when you do it. That's not the point. 
No sooner had they been filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 than here came the religious persecutors and people mocking and making fun of it. Instantly. That's how fast the devil came to attack this. When you listen to all the 20-something things that tongues will do in your life, you'll understand from the devil's perspective why he would attack people on this. He's got to shut that stuff down. Most of us have been shut down, not by the devil's attack, but by our apathy and sometimes laziness. Because somebody said, don't let the pastor insult you. That's not his intention today. But the, the goal is to get you to use what you've been given more than you ever have in your entire life. To get zealous about it, aggressive about it. Say it with me. The power is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The breaker is the love of God. The switch is tongues. How many want the power to flow in your life? You must flip that switch without apology, you know, without condemnation, without judgment, without shame, and flip it. Amen. Now, just so if you happen to wander into our building during the week for some reason, ministry or whatever, uh, you will find that, that Miss Barb has been commissioned on our staff to pray in the Spirit the whole time she's working. Um, so from time to time, the UPS guy comes in. I'm sure he gets an earful. Yeah. <laughs> I, think the, I think the male lady's gotten used to it, but that's not the point. It's, it's not about them. It's about interceding for this ministry. So we say we're paying you to pray and you also happen to take care, great care of the building. Give her a hand clap. We appreciate what uh, she does. Um, because I know that what she's doing is producing in the spirit, in people's lives, in the church, in our every, every way. It's, it's just something. And you can, you can do the same thing wherever you're at. Have that same mindset. I do this job, you know, I happen to do this job, but my real purpose here is I'm praying in the Spirit all day long. Amen. Or do I just want to wait to flip the switch when I get a goosebump? My, wasn't that a lovely service? Didn't you feel the Holy Ghost click? Why would you want to reserve flipping the switch only when you felt inspired? The gift, the speaking in tongues, the, the devotional life, is resident and permanent throughout your life on earth. And you're enabled at that moment of baptism. And I try, charge you to use it every single day of your life in copious amounts. Amen? Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, flip the switch. Flip the switch. Say, I have the power of walking in love. The only question is, will I on purpose... Flip that switch. Now, just one short exhortation here on why he would pick tongues in the first place. Because he could have picked anything. I mean, oh, God is God. Say, God is God. Say it again, God is God. Write this down. Tongues is your superpower. Forget Marvel, Superman, and everybody else. Amen. You have a superpower. 
And it's praying in tongues. Amen. Are we using what he gave us? That's the question. Well, why would he do this? First of all, we're made in God's image, and we're made to be speaking spirits just like him. Say, I'm a speaking spirit made in his image. In other words, there's going to be a focus on the, on the tongue and the mouth because that's how we were made. shouldn't be a surprise to us. Number two, the tongue is the seat of our authority as believers. We can degree a thing and say what? See it come to pass. We have the power of life and death where? In the tongue. And you know when you speak in tongues it's all life. Let me say that again because it just flew right past you and went out in the street. When you speak in tongues it's all life. No death. Number three, the tongue controls the direction of our lives. How many want your life to go in the direction that God wills? And you're praying in the Holy Ghost. He's not praying opposite. You're not praying opposite to the will of God, but in line with the will of God. And then fourth, you know and I know that the tongue is the thing that's most needed of taming in our lives. In fact, the Bible says no man can tame it. But that doesn't mean the Word of God and the Spirit of God can't tame it. No man Containment. And it just looks a whole lot more fashionable than wearing duct tape on your mouth all day. It is impossible to cuss and speak in tongues at the same time. It is impossible to speak doubt, fear, and unbelief and speak in tongues at the same time. It is impossible to gossip and speak in tongues at the same time. It's impossible to murmur and complain and speak in tongues at the same time. That mouth is a thing in most need of taming. And this is a powerful, powerful tool for doing that. So as we enter into this, um, I encourage you to, uh, to be here next week. Uh, my crazy sister will be here talking about her 40-year relationship with the Holy Ghost. 40 years spirit-filled. Um, she's learned a thing or two. She's going to share that. Then uh, that's Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday. We're going to celebrate the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and let God is to really inspire each one of us. It's the same what? The same spirit that's in us. The same power. Amen. Say it. I have the Holy Ghost. So I have the power. I have love. So the breaker's on. I have tongues. Every time I use them, I'm flipping a switch. Now how many of you can just be honest today and say with a raised hand, you probably maybe might be have been sitting in the dark too much. Let me try that one more time. <laughs> How many you say you've been sitting in the dark too much? And all you had to do was flip on the light. Well, he just wants to encourage you today. Amen. Why don't you stand and give him thanks for his word?